Our scripture reading this morning is in Mark chapter 10, reading from verse 13, just three verses here. And they brought young children to him that he should touch them, and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, again. I'm gonna, we're going to do a fun exercise right now, okay? You ready? Um, actually, sorry, before I do that, I want to mention I've, we forgot one prayer request. I'm going to pray um, about that before we start our sermon and our fun exercise. Uh, I've been reminded, we've been praying for uh, Linda Garfit, Linda's mom, Olive, uh, who moved out here, I think, in February uh, to be with Linda, and then not long after that, uh, was told that she had a terminal cancer. Uh, Olive died uh, this last Monday as well in, in hospice. And so let's pray for Olive and Linda at this time and the family. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you, even even just visiting uh, Olive in, in the hospice and seeing uh, a brightness of spirit. And we thank you. We pray for Linda and the whole family at this time, for Wayne and for others, uh, uh, family in, in Alberta. We ask a blessing on the service uh, later this, this month. Come, Holy Spirit, bless this family, we pray, at this time. We thank you that you ordered it so that uh, uh, even, even though this was unexpected, that Olive would, would be here with Linda for this, for such a time as this. We ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Good morning again. Now we'll try our fun exercise. Okay, so follow along and indulge me in this. Here's what you get to do. I want you to, and I'm going to look and see, I want you to shake your head in just a moment when I say go as if you're very displeased or dissatisfied about something, okay? So ready on the count of three. One, two, three. Everybody just kind of... Not good enough. Let's try it again. You know, we say good morning, and you say good morning, and then the person up here goes, I couldn't hear a good morning. So now really, like, just... Think of something wrong or something that bugs you. You don't have to stop doing Even as I'm preaching, you can do this, right? <laughs> I remember at... Uh, <laughs> this is not in my notes. But I was at the Presbyterian Church. There was the, the, the children's minister who I absolutely loved, Renee. She preached one Sunday. And, uh, and there's a gentleman in, in, the, in the church who is usually quite engaged with the sermon and he's very theologically astute and the rest... And she said uh, in a staff meeting late, uh, later that week with, with the senior minister and myself, she said, I think so-and-so didn't like the sermon. And, and, uh, and Gordon, the, the senior pastor, said, why do you think that? And she said, because he sat there the whole time just going like this. And uh, Gordon, trying to be nice, said, oh, no, no, that's just how he listens. <laughs> Shakes his head all the time. Um, you think of something wrong or something that bugs you, it doesn't have to be big. You find yourself doing this, or maybe it's just me, throughout the day, just like, 
even if it's not physically, but sometimes it actually is physically. You could do it at me right now. Why is Todd doing this? Stop it. Um, here's why. For some reason, and I don't have to, we don't have to delve into the reasons, but for some reason, that's what many people think of when they think of religion. They think it's a bunch of people just kind of doing this at everything in the world. They think uh, we're kind of walking through society and culture and looking at whatever we see or, you know, just constantly confront oh, something else to kind of uh, uh, shake our heads at. Uh, as we conclude our series, Essential Actions in the Christian Faith, here's the truth. I want to show you a better way. You can be freed from that. And some of you are. Many of you are. And it's a great thing. These essential practices of the Christian faith that we've mentioned, um, well, trust me, they're essential. The first one we had with Jacob was wake up. Uh, Jacob seeing that the place that he thought was God forsaken was actually uh, the house of God. With Moses and the burning bush, we said to pay attention, to have a willingness to turn aside, to, to encounter God's presence in your life, in your day. Uh, we looked at the, in terms of suffering and pain, the essential practice of getting lost and not just living your life in familiar, in familiar places or familiar patterns. And then for two weeks, we looked at the practice of encountering others. And today, instead of this head shake, we look at the practice, we're, we're almost there, of the practice of pronouncing blessing. Boom! What did I say when I got up here? We started the game, right? We did that little game. It's not a game, just a head shake. Uh, well, not actually. The first thing that I said was simply, I've said it a number of times, good morning. It's a throwaway phrase. But what does it mean? Does it mean hello? That's what most people take it to mean. It's just a way of saying hello. Good morning, Lois. But properly understood and properly practiced, good morning is actually a blessing on the person you're speaking with, on the day itself. If you think of it that way, I'll say it again. Good morning. It's different, isn't it? Even though we've mentioned some things of great sorrow, we use that term as a term of blessing. We are called in this world to pronounce blessing. You called the morning good. And some people, as a fun thing, say in response, well, what's so good about it? Well, this is the essential Christian practice part. Here's what's good. God is good. God is present in this world and in this day. Good morning in Christian practice is a way of saying, this is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We are called to pronounce blessing in this world. It may have become a lost art, but it's still a call. And this call is a gift to the world, to loved ones, to the community around us, the call is liberating. It changes our view. It takes our eyes off of self. It allows us to experience part of what it means to be fully alive. When pronouncing blessing as part of my life, there is more enjoyment, more life, and even more strength. I spend um, an earlier part each Sunday morning kind of... I, I, I get here quite early and pray for, pray for and with um, uh, Ken and St. Timothy's before they start their service. And then 
and then in that kind of hour and a bit when their service is going on, there's multiple times where I'm interacting with the kids from St. Timothy's who are running around and doing that. And, and I'm mindful of the fact that, I mean, now most of the kids know me, so they literally just like, it, there's a bit of silliness as they approach or whatever. But still with kids, particularly kids who don't know you, there's little children, there's always that sense that they're looking, okay, is this guy going to be for me or against me here? And they're ready for, are you going to lead with rebuke, basically, for whatever they're doing? Because if they're a child, they're probably doing something wrong, is what they, you know, just by where they're standing or something. And when they realize, no, 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 they're, they're for me, everything changes. It's a blessing. And that's, we're going to speak about that directly with Jesus Christ and how he uh, welcomes the children. Mark chapter 10, these three verses, briefly though, the nature of blessing. Because what Jesus does in this scene is he blesses these children. It's not a full definition, but what does it mean to pronounce blessing? We'll look at what blessing means and what blessing is. Then we'll look at what prevents this practice of pronouncing blessing in our lives. And finally, we'll consider briefly how pronouncing blessing is a reflection of the character of God. And we'll look, I'll give you some, some really some practical ways to get started or to get better at pronouncing blessing in your life. The story is basic and simple in the, in the book of Mark. And Jesus moves from, at least in, in how it's laid out in Mark, from some pretty serious and even theological teaching on marriage and divorce. It's serious stuff to this next scene. And they were bringing children to Jesus. And the disciples rebuked them. Uh, if in, in English, at least, the them is, you can take it in one of two ways. Jesus rebuked the people who were bringing the children to Jesus, but maybe Jesus rebuked the children. There's, there's, a, there's a sense, it, more so the first, but at least, at, or sorry, the disciples rebuked, uh, rebuked the people who were bringing children to Jesus. Make that clear. And they were bringing children to him, and the disciples rebuked them. Were the disciples rebuking the children, or were the disciples rebuking the people bringing the children to Jesus? The answer is probably both in some ways, though the first is, is a little more clear. But Jesus became indignant. I can't remember the words, George, in your reading. Um, Jesus became indignant, much troubled. or well, I can't remember the words in, in other versions. But it's a strong word. Jesus became indignant at the ones who were doing the rebuking and said, Let the children come to me. Do nothing to hinder them. For the kingdom belongs to such as these. In fact... You must receive the kingdom as a small child does. And then Jesus took the children in his arms. And here's our interest for today. And he blessed them. That's the story. Often the story is taught with a focus on, and most of the times you've heard this story, this is the way you've heard it. I guarantee it. You must receive the kingdom like a child receives the kingdom. That's, in most cases, the teaching point in this story. And it's a good and proper teaching point. It's just not our emphasis for this morning. Our focus is on the part that says Jesus was indignant at, at the disciples for rebuking and Jesus blessed the children. To understand the nature of blessing, it helps to ask yourself, what were the disciples doing and what was Jesus, what was Jesus doing? The disciples, what, the, what were they doing? They were trying to prevent people from bringing kids to Jesus why? Why do you think? Because the children in their mind were a distraction. 
something important was going on, something serious was going on, and the children... Now, it's different. We live in a very different time than, than, than biblical times in terms of how people related to kids. Now we worship children. I mean, children are the, the end-all and be-all. They've replaced religion, basically. In, in this community, th- there might not be a lot of focus on, on worshiping God, but that religious devotion in many ways is, has, been, has been taken off of God and put towards kids. But in the same way, one of the similarities we have is that, is that kids can be, detri- can be treated as a distraction, not as serious as the real things in, in life. And in that, we can understand. The disciples were trying to prevent kids from being brought to Jesus. Seeing kids as unimportant. Jesus had important things to do and to teach, and they didn't matter. So here is part of the nature of blessing. Recognizing the good in creation or in a person, and noting it and pronouncing it. Recognizing the good in creation, it might just be nature, or even more specifically, or in in a larger way, in another person. Recognizing the good in another person and noting it and pronouncing it. What Jesus did here countered what the disciples were doing because he stopped them and said, no, these children are not insignificant. They matter. And in fact, they have God's blessing upon them. Unless you receive like these children receive. So he rebukes the disciples. Now, the next question is to think, how would the kids have felt around the disciples and how would they have felt around Jesus? I mean, you could say, what kind of vibe were they picking up from the disciples and what kind of vibe were they picking up from Jesus? And the answer is easy. The disciples had no interest in the kids, uh, had disdain for them in some ways, and Jesus was someone that they wanted to be with. Because kids can see this almost instantly. How would they have felt around Jesus? Well, his blessing has to do with being fully alive. And you, can, you could see it in these children, if you can imagine the scene. Around the disciples, they would, lit- they would literally become smaller, right? Except for the bad behaving ones who must be dealt with. Because they would just go, I don't care if they're mad at me. I'll, just do, I'll do whatever. But, but the ones who pick up, you know how adults are treating them and seem to care about that, around the disciples would become smaller. Around Jesus, they would be open to be who they are. This is moving towards the blessing. Now, the people around Jesus that day would have known the practice of blessing. Jesus is about to bless these kids. They had blessing prayers that they had to practice and pronounce each day. So Jesus is reminding them that even children especially children, are blessed. An observant Jewish person back then and even today would say up to a hundred blessing prayers every day. You would say a blessing upon waking up in the morning. You would say a blessing upon setting out on a journey. We prayed for Barbara today. You would say a blessing on seeing a comet. There was a specific blessing if you saw a shooting star. You would say a blessing upon wearing new clothes. Some of you still do that. You would say a blessing over food. You would say a blessing over dinner. You had a certain kind of blessing for desserts and a certain kind of blessing for wine. All these pronouncement of blessings. And they all started out, or almost all, we can say all, they all started out, blessed are you 
Lord our God, King of the universe. I have it on this slide. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe. And then, bless this morning, bless this day, bless this wine, bless this food, bless this whatever it is. Bless this house. This moves us to the nature of blessing in Christian faith. A recognition of the goodness of God. Lord God, creator of the universe, sovereign Lord over all life, bless these children. Now, more than this, much more, instead of this, that's your call as a Christian in this world. To recognize the goodness of God in this world where it's so difficult for so many people to do that and to pronounce blessing. Go out from this place and pronounce blessing. What prevents that? Well, like all essential Christian practices, the, the biggest thing and all the other things that prevent, uh, prevent these practices are in some ways a, a subcategory of the, this first thing. That which prevents the practice of pronouncing blessing is just self-absorption. When you're, when you're just thinking about yourself all the time, you can't bless other people or other things. You just can't do it. Uh, so one, one of the ways that this works out is if you focus only on the destination and not on the journey. That can be a, 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 a literal thing, like an actual thing in your day. Or it can be something a, a metaphor over life. If you focus on only where you're trying to get and you don't have your eyes open on the journey itself. So I sometimes think of that causeway uh, from, from downtown Vancouver onto the Lionsgate Bridge. It used to be a lot darker than it is now. Remember before those storms a number of years ago? And it's quite a tunnel that you drive up. And uh, those of us who ride our bikes know that's actually quite a hill. But anyway, you can be driving on that. And imagine if you're caught in traffic. And you're not supposed to be caught in traffic there. It's supposed to be Denman and Georgia Street or whatever. So if you're caught in traffic on the causeway, you're really caught in traffic. And you can imagine yourself thinking, oh, you have to get somewhere, whatever it might be. Oh, oh, oh. You're so mindful of how slow this is going. And then you emerge from that causeway, and there is that vista as you come onto the bridge. And if you're just mindful of yourself and your day and how much time this is taking that you didn't expect... You will, I guarantee it, you'll miss what's around you. Whatever it is that's important in your life, it might even be spiritual, it might be religious, might be a thing of God, might be vocational, might be work, might be a goal you have in terms of education, whatever it is. Not saying not to pursue those things, but if you don't open your eyes to God's blessing on the way, you will miss part of what it means to be truly alive. The second thing that uh, prevents, prevents us from pronouncing blessing is the misguided idea that withholding blessing is somehow a Christian virtue. Um, my heart breaks over this as a pastor because something has happened to... And it, it shows up in various places in religious communities where people think that it is a Christian virtue to not bless someone else because they might take that blessing the wrong way as condoning some kind of behavior that's wrong or whatever. And so you can have, even in families, you can have people who have, have not passed on this blessing to a child, to a loved one, because they think it's withholding the blessing that will somehow get a behavior that I'm after. 
That's a misguided notion. Blessing is necessary for growth. If you consider a child, grown up to be an adult, who feels that they were never blessed by their parents, do you know the heartbreak in that? And if you were to say to me, oh, but the child had, had something terribly sinful about them or two, I don't care. I don't care. Bless them. But what if they get the wrong idea? I still don't care. <laughs> because if you withhold blessing, I know you'll do damage. And if you are withholding blessing from someone else in your life, a child, a loved one, whoever, because of this misguided notion, I say to you as a pastor, I implore you, and I invite you, you can bless them. You can truly bless them. And watch how they see freedom, and you do too. If you are caught, you're here this morning, and you are caught, however old you are, because you feel that you never received blessing from loved ones that matter to you, that you, you know, so now you're not in the role of a parent who, who is not giving blessing, but you're the role of a child, even an adult child, and you feel like you've never received that blessing. I can't force parents or loved ones or others to do it, but I can say it myself. I can say, in God's name, I give you blessing. I pray a prayer of blessing over you. May you know that you are the child of the living God. I'm almost reluctant to even mention at this point, to even give it credence. Someone said, well, but what if they're doing something wrong? You know, I, it's not about that. I, I'm fine to talk about sin and how we're all sinners and we all have to examine ourselves and everything else. I'm just saying this comes first. Getting started. Nice ways to... to um, begin. So we could say it in here. If you try to shake your head thing, and if, you know, we could do something that would, that would really bring a lot of people out of their comfort zones. We could say, we're going to take the next seven minutes in here, and I've got little um, canisters of oil at the ends of each row, and we're going to get you to bless, you know, touch the forehead of the person. We're going to get you to stand now. Don't worry, I'm not, I'm not actually gonna, you know, and we're going to get you to bless. In some ways, and even, even myself, there are people in the church who would say, finally, what a, what a great thing that would be. But there are at least as many who would say, that's a bit freaky for me, so can we hold off on that? Um, but you start in blessing by blessing one another. The people that you actually live with and among. Christians and non-Christians. Now, that might not mean that you can go up to somebody and say, oh, do you mind standing up? I want to bless you. And you put your hand on their forehead and everyone, this is really strange or whatever it might be. It could get to that. Like, like if that's... That's not a bad thing to do at all. That's a good thing to do. But I'm not going to be able to do that for the most part with, you know, other parents on the sidelines of my child's soccer game or something. Can you, do you mind standing up and I'm going to bless you right now? But I tell you what I am doing. I'm praying prayers of blessing. Lord, would you, would you bless this family? So you start by blessing one another. And if you can take the Christian practice of actually pronouncing blessing... Blessed are you, Lord God, King of the universe, 
bless James right now for his service. If you can, if you can do that as a practice, I, I encourage it. But at the very least, look for those times in your life as you're in your house or wherever you are with your loved ones. And even if they don't hear it, pray a, pr- a prayer of blessing over them. You could do it each day. So you start by blessing one another. Uh, sometimes, I shouldn't put one in front of the other, sometimes it's more natural for people to start blessing in terms of, of the created world, like nature. So whether it's a, a scene you see, like a beautiful view, or a tree, or a bird you see in flight, or whatever it is. These are things that, that are very helpful as well. You just start. We've actually had... Lots of St. Francis of Assisi references already this morning. All creatures of our God and King, and Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. St. Francis was an expert at this, particularly in terms of nature. Uh, and he has a, a canticle to the sun as a, as a prayer to our Lord Jesus Christ, prayer to the living God. He says, O oh, most high, all-powerful, good Lord God, to you belong praise and glory and honor and blessing. Be praised, my Lord, for all your creation. And then listen to his language. He says, especially for our brother son. Our brother son, who brings the day and the light. He's strong and shines magnificently. Be praised, my Lord, for sister moon and for the stars. He, he names these as part of God's creation, but part of the chorus of praise. Be praised, my Lord, for brothers' wind and air and every kind of weather. Be praised, my Lord, for sister water, brother fire. There's much more in here. But this is the practice of pronouncing blessing in terms of the natural world. That's another place to start. And on my list here, I have also as as a good place to start in a practice. Try pronouncing blessing upon the grotesque. That's a good word, by the way, grotesque. Grotesque is the thing that the things that make you go, oh, you just want to be away from them. So here's a here's another um, picture for you, a spiritual practice. Some of you have the blessing, the joy of going to the local transfer station. Anybody? Anybody go down to the to the it used to be called the dump, right? It was called the landfill or the dump. Now it's the transfer station and you go down there and now they've got a separate parking lot for you because it gets busy. And, you can, and they funnel you over to this parking lot, and eventually you go in, and you, you look down, and you think, oh, no, I wore the wrong shoes or something like that, because you know you're going to have to get out of your car or your truck inside that building, the transfer station, for those who don't know, and you're going to have to pull out whatever it is that's in your vehicle, throw it on the big pile, hope you're not... Now there's all kinds of rules. So whenever you're there, you think, like, I hope I'm not breaking some, hor- some law and somebody's going to come and tell me, you can't throw that out or whatever it, whatever it is. And you get back in your car, and then what do you have to do before you leave? Those who you know. You have to pay, but before you pay, you have to, almost always, for me at least, you have to line up. You have to wait in that line. And you see those seagulls, and you, see, and you smell that smell that's now not only outside your car, it's inside your car, and it's on you. And your shoes have that sludgy, landfill, transfer station slime on them. Now, right now, in that spot, pronounce a blessing on that place. Pronounce a blessing on that place. You bless what you experience at times as grotesque. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this place that exists. I mean, many of you, if you're like me too, it's also... You love throwing stuff out. 
And so, you know, a trip to the transfer station, you, you know what it means to be able to pronounce blessing. But Heavenly Father, thank you that there are people who work here every day. And this is what they do. Thank you, Heavenly Father. You start to be able to pronounce blessings at places of the grotesque, the places that assault your sensibilities, and you'll be able to pronounce blessing anywhere. This is a Christian practice. So you start with a natural world, maybe a tree. The other day I was sitting on my back deck, and there's this one big tree. Jen and I are a bit nervous now because they... they tore down a couple houses, or one big house, and put two little skinny houses and sold them for ten kajillion dollars each, right? Um, down on the corner, across the alley from us. And before they tore the old house down, there were these. There was this big, beautiful, majestic tree, and it's gone now. And there's another big. It's not beautiful. It's actually a little bit ugly, but it's 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 grand. Uh, down the other way in the alley. I can sit on my back deck, I can see it, and if there's a breeze, that whole tree just catches the breeze and sings. And, and I find myself blessing that tree sometimes. And we went for a walk the other night down down through the alley, and we looked, and there was an older house that sold, and that tree is on the corner of that lot. And we thought, oh, we hope that tree doesn't go. But I found myself one time just a few days ago blessing that tree. Thank you, Heavenly Father, King of the universe, God of all creation. Bless this, your creation. And then later that same day, after I was here um, for the talk on adolescence on Wednesday night, I got paged to the hospital. Uh, on the same, the same day as, the, as I kind of prayed about this tree. And I was called because there was a woman in her 50s who'd just been told that she had inoperable brain cancer, or the tumor would be inoperable, and that I don't think she had long to live. And she'd called and asked for a chaplain, so I came by. And I used these words as I feel them, I got to see her. I was privileged to see her. She was so filled with sorrow. Her family had been there and they just left. And she would speak and then she would stop. She would lose her words. It was clear that the tumor was actually affecting her ability to speak in some ways, though she was fully present. So sometimes it was battling the the illness that she had. But other times I could see that it was the sorrow that was coming over her in waves, another wave, and she would just stop, cry. And she said, and we we talked about what was happening, and she said, I want so much to be at my daughter's wedding. And we talked about her kids. I remember, and then I was holding her hand, but it it was appropriate by this point. And she said, I just want them to know the Lord. My children, she has even grandchildren. And I could sense the presence of the Holy Spirit in the room, and it was, I think, the appropriate thing to say. I mean, she called the chaplain too, right? I said, can I pray a blessing over you? And her face lit up. And she said, oh, yes. And I said, "I, I bless you and your family. And I told her, and I mean it. I said, and... I'll pray for your kids. I give you my assurance. And I know you want them to know the Lord, and obviously you don't know if they do or however you're thinking. But I do know this. God is good. You don't need to be afraid. God is good. And I bless you. And I laughed and I said to her, and I I meant it, and then, of course I meant it, I said it. I said, it was so good to meet you. 
I'm so glad we were able to talk and I'll be praying for you. And I knew that she sent me away with her blessing as well. Blessing confers life and reminds us that God is good. And once you start blessing, you'll bless everything. You'll bless rooms and houses and people and the morning and the darkness and the dump. The transfer station. You'll start to ask yourself, have I prayed a blessing today for each of my family members? And you'll realize that we are not called to shake our heads at the world. We are called to be a blessing to others, to kneel wherever we are, and what a gift. Uh, Barbara Brown Taylor, who some of the material from this sermon series I was getting from her book called Altar in the World, she talks about, in, in terms of blessing, a story where her her father was dying, and they didn't get him. They they didn't realize that what was actually happening. And he was sick at home, and and so he wound up in the hospital. And she said, if we had have known actually that he was dying, we we probably would have like left him at home. But by the time you get him to the hospital, okay, now the medical system and clinical it takes over. It was quite cold, and she says, but that's the way it was and is for a lot of people. And on one of the last occasions before he died that we visited him, she said, my husband and him were very close. So this older man and his son-in-law. And she said, we're visiting, and like you often do when you're visiting people who are at this time, you find yourself talking near or around the bed. And a few of us were talking over here. And she said, I looked over and I noticed my husband on his knees beside my, my father's bed on the cold linoleum hospital floor. And he was taking my father's hand, who could still barely speak a little bit and was conscious of what was going on. And he was taking my father's hand, and, and he had put it onto his head as he kneeled down beside the bed. And I said, I looked and I said, what are you doing, honey? And this is someone who was a, a Christian minister, this woman. She said, what are you doing, honey? And he said, I'm receiving your father's blessing. This is a gift we have. And Jesus said, don't prevent them. Don't hinder them from coming to me. And he took those children in his arms and he blessed them. Dear Heavenly Father, give us eyes to see and ears to hear, we pray, for this tremendous gift. In Jesus' name we pray.